she ha she's going to be speaking on the eternal echo. Um, Kara grew up in Cape. Um, she's been married for 22 years to her husband, David, who is a science teacher at Nell Holcomb. She has been a stay-at-home homeschooling mom for 18 years. She has four children, Thad, 17, Maeve, 15, Myla, 12, and Muriel, 9. Her greatest joy outside of salvation has been the gift of being a wife and mother. So if we can just introduce Carol. Carol. Thank you for having me with you all today. This is an honor and a privilege. I sat at those tables with Wendy Petzl. I was thinking about who some of the mamas were when we were busy with toddlers at our feet. And um, honestly, probably thinking those days were going to last forever. It's this strange thing. I thought other people's children would grow up, but not mine. I, 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 don't, I don't know what, what that is in my mind. but. Um, those were precious days, and it feels good to be here now as an older mother, um, sharing with you guys what the Lord has taught me through um, my parenting journey. Um, I, like, like she said, I have four children. Um, they, uh, I was working at a public school when my son was born, and when he was born, I began staying at home with him and have not ever, I've never gone back to the workforce, um, except at home, right, ladies? We all know that that's very busy. But you have been told how quickly these days go. But have you ever thought of how profound the impact of these early days of your parenting has on your children? Actually, your life as a whole. Um, you are blessed and wise to seek the support of all of um, the ladies here, of the laughter, of uh, the encouragement. So I want to share with you a quote that has resonated with me for years, and it's a quote by Martin Luther. And the quote is this, what will you do in the mundane days of faithfulness? When I think of the word mundane, there's nothing in me that feels overly excited, right? Uh, it just sounds like a word that you go, I. I don't think this sounds like an adventure. Um, we can think, my days as a mother feel mundane, right? I, I'm doing the same thing, it seems, every day I get them up, I feed them breakfast, I try to take them on a walk to stretch out those morning hours a little bit. We eat lunch, we take a nap, we take a bath, we read some books, we get up, we do this, and it can feel as if it isn't that important. But there's mundane days of faithfulness. My son just the other day was sharing with me he's gotten his first job, and he's really liked the paycheck, as you can imagine. Um, but, you know, he was just sharing. I think that he's, he's, he's transitioning from childhood to young adulthood. And he's like, every day feels the same. I get up. <laughs> I do some school. I go to work. And I'm like, huh kind of like your dad, right? Kind of like your dad, kind of like me, right? I, I've done it for years. I get up, I do these things. So have you ever thought about the mundane nature of the sunrise? 
of the sunset, suddenly this is feeling a little bit more miraculous, isn't it? The mundane. What about your child waiting for the mailman to come? I remember that. <laughs> now it's like, someone please go get the mail. Just someone go. Oh, but when they're little, I mean, I remember they would go to the window and they would look out in anticipation. Uh, the trash truck, the mighty, mighty trash truck that comes. The mundane of a paycheck? That, that feels like a blessing, doesn't it? So mundane isn't all bad. So what are we going to do with these days? The beauty in it, the rhythm of the days, the rhythm of our heartbeat. So it made me think of a mundane rhythm, an echo, right? An echo. You send out a sound, and it comes back and goes back, right? It just bounces. Have you ever really given thought to an echo? Has your child experienced their first echo? You know, it, it, it could be something great, like a trip to the Grand Canyon. I haven't gone. I would love to go. Uh, it could be a valley on a hike. Or maybe like a new home and the living room has a little bit of a vaulted ceiling and the furniture's not in yet and, and your voice echoes back to you. Um, it's truly an exciting thing for children. It's kind of like the discovery of a shadow, something new. I want to share with you the definition of an echo. I've been working with my children on public speaking, and they've gotten so good at that, they correct me now <laughs> quite often. Um, they're like, Mom, what are your definitions? You have to work from unified definitions before you, before you share. So let me talk to you about what an echo is. An echo, according to the dictionary, is a sound or series of sounds caused by the reflection of sound waves from a surface back to the listener. So it bounces from a surface and it comes back to the listener. Our children's ears can be that surface, right? They hear and they bounce something back towards us. And also a close parallel of repetition of an idea feeling, style, or event, one could even say a mundane sound. A mundane sound coming back. So I'm going to be using these definitions interchangeably because I think both of them apply to our parenting. All right, we share stories. I hope we do as families. When we look at the Old Testament, do you realize how much of that was oral storytelling echoing throughout generations, written now for us to read? So we tell stories as a family because it knits our hearts, right? There's a story my father told of uh, one time he got in trouble, and it was a very creative type of discipline. And it really resonated with me as a child, and then I now tell my kids, and I, I really don't have any doubt that there won't be a day that they tell their children about this experience. Stories that are shared throughout generations even unite a culture, not just your family culture, but a country's culture, um, a community's culture. So I want to be working with that thought um, this morning. We 
We delight in teaching our littles language. I've seen little bitties here that right now are, are maybe just making the fussing sounds and every now and then the sweet um, goo goo sounds. But, but do you remember when your child turns to a toddler and they start repeating the words back to you and it feels so exciting, right? You're like, mama. And how many kids, how many of your kids said dad first, right? I mean, honestly, I think it's, it's phonetic. It's got to be. It's an easier sound. My son called everything ball, like everything ball for years. I mean, you know, it, it, not years, months. He did, he did try, but I, I wondered sometimes if he would ever change. Um, but um, you, you would repeat it, and they, and they would repeat it back to you, Okay. So that was a fun, that's an exciting experience. I mean, if you think about the acquisition of language and how rapid it is and, and how really little thought we have to give to teaching language, it, it is miraculous. It is miraculous. So those are fun echoes. Have you ever had your child echo back something to you that you go, ooh, is that, is that me? Is, is that what I sound like? I mean, I, I thought when I did it, it was kind of cleaned up and cute or funny, but on my child, this feels inappropriate. Maybe, I, maybe this isn't what I thought. I, I don't want to see this. So, there, so there's echoes in our life. All right, so when I started to stay home, with my children, I thought, I had to learn what's going to be mine. What will be my echo with my children? Those days, I, I, I mean, they were hard days. They were long days. They were joyful days. They were exciting days. All of them, all of them. My husband was a coach, and he coached soccer. And um, sometimes he would go to St. Louis and be gone for the day, and I would be the only caregiver for the day. Oh, how much respect I gained for single parents and mamas at that point, and how much we need to support one another in that. My husband would come home, and I'd be like, well, how was your day? And he'd be like, well, I was eating at the Olive Garden. And I'm like, really? <laughs> And like the kids were like, hey coach, like you were all cool. And yeah, cause here it didn't feel that way. Uh, I, I actually lost my patience, struggled to make it through the day. I didn't like what I saw in myself at all. I thought if my children wouldn't be better without me, I thought maybe I could at least be better without them. I'm like, I told my husband, I said, you know, when I worked, and I don't, I don't think I'm, I, I, I'm like, I think that I probably could have been like employee of the month sometimes. Um, I think that I, I probably would have maybe been a favorite teacher. I don't know. I, I, I see. I, I, I remembered those days of, of feeling like I was pretty buttoned up and, and cleaned up. And uh, there was something about parenting that laid me bare in a way that I would have never experienced. So I, I was sharing this with my husband from a really deep part in myself, right? The part that says, 
I'm undone. I don't know what to do. I don't like what I see. How can I hide it? How can I cover this up? And my husband, in God's goodness, he wisely, my husband said to me, um, Kara, the children don't need to see perfection in you. They need to see that you need a savior too. And it was so freeing and such a light bulb for me because I feel like we make characters out of everyone else, right? Everyone else has it together but me. Everyone else is patient. I guess this table, have you mastered the patience? <laughs> I mean, because you're on it, because I can't sit quite there, right? But we know these are desires that we have, but yet now we have those with us that we love more than our life, watching us so closely. I didn't want my children to see my failures and my shortcomings, and to be really blunt, was my sin that I didn't want them to see. You know that it's bad when you even long to escape yourself, right? Because that's where I'd been taken. How do I escape myself? Where can I go to hide it? So my husband shared that with me, and I couldn't argue with him. My children need to see that their mom needs a savior so that they will walk this journey with me. So at that point began my pilgrimage, my pilgrimage of walking it, this journey with my children. Me, on my way to the celestial city, and I'm referencing the book Pilgrim's Progress. I just finished reading that again um, with my youngers. I have a child's version of it. I brought it up here, and I put sources at the bottom of your book. I don't know if you all are familiar with this, but it's an allegory. Excellent, excellent book. Great conversation. Um, and then actually I'm reading the other um, version with my son right now, my older, my older son. So that's on my mind. But, but we're taking a journey, are we not? as believers to the celestial city, which we know is heaven, to be with our savior. So now I realize I'm, I'm gonna walk this road with them. Yes, I'm going to lead the way a bit, but yet I'm with them. So the Bible tells us that children are a blessing and that the fruit of the womb is a reward. And that's found in Psalm 127.3. Again, I'm going to let you guys see into some of my immaturity. I always thought children were a blessing because they were so cute. They're so cute. And, like, do you see some of those outfits that you can put them in? I mean, come on. Who, how is a child not a blessing? Right, they, they bring joy to the home, all of these things. But it took me having children to understand that the Lord was going to use them to show me my desperate need for him. 
to help me through the long, mundane days of parenting. The gift of being with them showed me a need that I felt, that I had that I could no longer cover up. I went uh, recently to um, racquetball courts. Someone joked, they were like, oh, you were playing a sport from the 90s. I'm like, I, I didn't know I was dating myself by saying I went to the racquetball courts. I, I guess it, it, it was a, a trend uh, back in my college days. Um, but I went with my kids, and, and you know, this is the, a vast room that's empty because the ball is going to ricochet off of all of the walls, if you all aren't familiar with it. It's going to ricochet off the walls. It could ricochet off the ceiling. So it provides an amazing echo, <laughs> a confusing echo, because I went in there, and I'm trying to talk to my kids, and the sound just keeps coming back until it slowly died out because it would die out unless you made another sound. So, you know, when we think of that, we think um, an echo can die. You know, stories can stop being told. The children learn to speak, and they develop their own thoughts and their own opinions. And suddenly you're like, wait, why aren't you repeating me? You'll see that in the teen years if you're not there yet. So it's a great, great journey of humility. Um, but the echo can die and, unless we take up the chance again. So as I was parenting, I thought my deep desire was for my children to learn from me what would matter the most. The echo that would not fade away. Because there is an eternal echo. I've explained to you everyday echoes, I hope quite, quite well. I hope you understand the everyday ones. But have you realized there is an echo that will never fade? I thought, that's what I desire to teach my children. So there's a song by Keith and Kristen Getty called Speak, O Lord. But there's a line that says, truths unchanged from the dawn of time that will echo down through eternity. They will echo forever the truth of God. So when we think of our mundane, it doesn't seem so trivial anymore, does it? the gift that we have been given to speak to them over and over again until it becomes their voice echoing through the generations into eternity. To be able to speak the life-giving message of Jesus Christ to our children, the message that they, like mommy, We'll never experience perfection on earth, but that we can worship together a Savior who is perfect. So thus, I took on the battle, which is ongoing. I've already told you guys it's not going to be attained here. Of fighting what the world told me I needed to be as a mama, right? The worldly significance, the right clothes, bright children, beautiful children, children that people could go, oh, 
They seem so perfect. No, we're on a journey. I, I no longer had to carry that because I was teaching them about the one who is perfect. They don't have to carry that. I don't have to carry it. So when we think of the eternal echo, um, I ask myself, how do I go about what makes my day filled with the most important things? How do we do that? Because there are some things that don't feel as important. So I've got just a few things I wanted to list for you. First, I needed to learn to spend time with the Lord myself, right? You know, when, when you think of the airplane, we've all heard this scenario. What are you supposed to do if the oxygen masks drop on the plane? What are you supposed to do? It feels so unnatural, right? You're like, I'm putting it on my child. If you're, no, they say, no, you have to fight. You put it on yourself first so that you can have the oxygen you need to deal with what's next. So, so I had to learn as a mother that I can't give to my children something that I'm not getting. I have to do that first. All right, the second thing that was important for me is I needed to start my day with my children by being in God's word, all right? That can feel a little intimidating. Like, I'm not a preacher. What devotional book should I get? I lost the page. No, 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 no. It can be so simple. Read the Proverbs that matches with the day of the week. What I did when my children were young, read the Psalms. Every morning we would read the Psalms, right? Give them that oxygen that they need. Um, Matthew 24, 35 says, listen, listen to the key word that I've been sharing with you. It won't be explicit. It's implicit in this. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So we give them that, the words that will never pass away. So shall be, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Isaiah 55, 11, we can rest on the truth of his promises. His word will not return void. You don't have to add to his word if you just read it to them. Let them learn that this is where they go for truth. Let them know that this is what will go well beyond them. There's a book that I read to my children. Meals are a perfect captive time to read to your family, by the way. They're sitting there. You're like, hey, you want some yogurt? And then you go grab a book. All right. I read this. This is called Trial and Triumph. If you're not familiar with it, I highly recommend it. I call it a little bit of a toned-down Voices of the Martyrs, if you're familiar with Voices of the Martyrs. Um, But these are voices that went before us. See, I want them to be grounded in that our faith is not America 2021. It's 
throughout all of the world, throughout all of history, God's people have been living in his truth, and we can today, right? So they see, they see that. It gives them something to hold to because his word does not return void. It never has, and it never will, never will. You know, when you think, we say, okay, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Fairly easy verse to memorize. I've known it for quite a while. I've known it so long that I used to just be like, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then, like, what, 2020 hit. And I'm like, okay, things are changing literally minute by minute. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What a wonderful, wonderful place of rest for us, right? Who's exhausted by the ever-changing things we see in our world? So, so we teach our children and we trust his promises are true. So give that to them. All right, this third one is going to be easier for some of you than others, but I have to say, it is no less important and it doesn't even matter if it's easier for some than others. It doesn't matter. Sing with your children. Sing hymns. I have a book. Um, this is one of my, uh, definitely my favorite one to reference. It's called Hymns for a Kid's Heart. It was written by Johnny Erickson Tata. If anyone's familiar with her, she's a paraplegic. Um, and I share that because that was really what the, what the Lord used to launch her into um, the larger world to hear her message. And Bobby Wogglemuth. In this, um, they have created... Um, so this one is holy, holy, holy. All right, this, this is the hymn. And they talk about who wrote it and why they wrote it in a really fun narrative way. So you can read that to your children one morning, and then you can play, the, play it on your um, device if you need to, or if you're a parent who has lovely pitch, you can pitch it. Or if you're like me, you can pitch it wrong but still sing it. I'm like, I think my kids are tone deaf because they've heard me sing too long, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm not going to worry about it. All right, because we're going to still sing. All right, so, um, and then they do a short devotion, and then they sing it. And you can do that with your children. Give them the songs. You know, my dad is gone. He's been gone for 12 years now. And at our church, we still sing um, hymns, and I know some, some churches go in between. And, but we sing a lot of traditional hymns, and I am amazed that I can hear his voice. You know, I, I'm not like, I, I, I'm really grounded about that. Like, I know there's going to be a day I see him again. I, I miss him and I think of him. But to literally hear, like, right, just like, I hear his deep voice singing these songs. Give that to your children. Give them those generational songs. Um, I also like to play... Um, music. I like to play the Psalms. There are several different groups. The Corner Room is a group um, that, that literally you can open up your Bible and sing the Psalms with them. Okay, so the fourth is live your day allowing your children to know that you need a Savior 
and encouraging them to admit the same thing. They do too. And it's okay. It's okay. God knows. That's why he sent his son Jesus. We are not to expect our children to do everything right. But let them know that we deeply, deeply desire for them to seek after the one who offers salvation to them. So we can walk it together, kids. Right? You messed up. You sinned. We have a savior. Let's keep traveling this road together. I have a t-shirt. I almost wore it today, but it was wrinkly. And I wasn't sure that the dryer was going to fluff it in time. So I was like, all right. So I, but I landed on green, so it worked out well for me. Um, but it, it has one of my favorite hymns. If you were to, add, you know, like, what's your favorite hymn that either are? Is it this or that? I'd like, I don't know. How would I answer? Um, but it is, it is well with my soul. Um, let me see. It was written by Horatio Spatford. I don't know if you all are familiar with his story. If, if not, get familiar with it. They have so many really neat things on um, YouTube now. And they've got like a narrative story of his, and I've listened to it with the kids in the car, and I'm like crying. It's, it's an amazing story of it as well with my soul. Um, I was standing amongst my children at church on Sunday, and we were singing that. And uh, I'm going to read it to you. Um, the first verse says, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And are you all familiar with the chorus? You say, it is well, and what echoes back? It is well with my soul and with my soul. And then you sing in unison, it is well, it is well with my soul. To stand among my children and hear them echo that? Is this life mundane and boring? No, not at all. If we could capture and keep it, wouldn't we? Could there be a greater treasure than to hear that? So I told you that my dad is gone. I was blessed with a wonderful dad. Um, you know, people will say different things about heaven. And uh, I have full confidences in the prom prom promises of God. So because God's promises are true, I, I can rest in knowing where my dad is at. Not because of the goodness of my dad, you see but because of God's true promises, I can rest. But there's a passage in Revelation. It's Revelation 4. Ooh, Revelation's a good one, right? But pretty complex. So I'm not going to get into spelling out all of the different things these, this might be representing. We're going to focus on this part. And around the throne, it's Revelation 4, verse 11. No, no, I'm sorry. Losing the near vision. Mm, I think that's a six. Six. All right, it'll give you an opportunity to go and look at Revelation 4. That's a big one. The four is big. The little, the verses are small. All right. 
So, and around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Right now, I know what my dad is hearing. Right? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. He's hearing, worthy are you, O Lord, and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. That is the eternal echo. That's it, mamas. That's it. We can teach our children to be part of that so that when we are gone, this continues and it continues from them. So I want to encourage you that in these days, that can seem so hard. I don't, I'm gonna be honest, I still think these days were some of my hardest. I, I'm, I'm being honest. The teen years are tough in different ways. But learning to shed yourself, right? Learning to let go of yourself with your children helping you. I wanna encourage you that this is such a gift. They are a blessing. They are. And I was thinking back to the rewards I thought I wanted. Employee of the month. Could I have a better reward than to stand beside my children and hear them echo back to me? It is well with my soul. So thank you so much, mamas, for pouring into your children. Thank you for having me. I'm humbled to be with you today. And um, I would like to turn it back over to Danny.